Welcome to this episode of my podcast series, The View from My Middle Finger, where I look at the world through the many social media platforms. This is The View Through My Middle Finger, where your opinion matters, but The View always looks different from my middle finger. Myths, truth, and shame. Remember when you were young and your parents would tell you about the things that their parents had passed down to them, like wait 30 minutes after eating before you swim. I'm full. I'm gonna swim. What do you mean? I'm gonna go swim. No, dude, stop, Ryan. 30 minutes, dude. Preston, that's a made-up rule. Ryan, it's not made up. Or when you see your mother pick up food you dropped and wiping it down and handing it back and claiming the five-second rule. Bacteria know about the five-second rule, right? Are these all myths or wives' tales? Oh, I I mean person tales that have been around for many years and handed down. Then there's the internet. Perhaps we should call this the internet tale. The internet is a treasure trove of information for which many of us consume at an incredible rate, depending on how long we spend on it. So with all this information overload, do we have time to check if what we are being told is accurate or logical, or in some cases, based on science? I think the answer to this would be probably no. Perhaps not knowing if something is true or not is not the issue itself, more about what we do with the information. In this episode of The View From My Middle Finger, we will look at myths that have been around for many years and that have passed down through the generations and see if any of these are grounded in science. We will also look at some myths that have circulated through the internet and understanding their origins and how they may have morphed into something else and not always with good intentions or outcomes. Let's start this episode with your brain. Well, not your brain, but anyone's brain. And some of the myths surrounding what goes on in your brain and things that can affect it, including the internet. The brain is amazing and complex, but our lack of understanding has led to a great variety of myths throughout the years. Like, bigger is better. While this may be true for some other organs, you only need to look at a sperm whale's brain, which is nearly six times larger than that of a human's, to see this myth fall apart. Yes, they're certainly intelligent animals, but their cognitive skills pale in comparison to our own. Had a fun night out? Don't worry, alcohol doesn't actually kill your brain cells. Although it does cause damage and creates problems conveying messages between neurons, the damage is mostly reversible. Similarly, drugs don't actually create holes in your brain. Though some can permanently change your brain's functionality and structure, the only thing that can put a hole in your brain is physical trauma. Good thing you have 100 billion brain cells or not. Surprisingly, it wasn't until 2009 that scientists discovered the true number to be closer to 86 billion. Sure, it may seem like a small difference, but those 14 billion neurons are equal to the size of an entire baboon brain. To further put those numbers in perspective, consider that 1 million seconds is 12 days, while 1 billion seconds is 31 years. So that 14 billion neuron difference may not be so small after all. Regardless, we can't use them all, right? Most movies and sci-fi books have us believe that humans can only use around 10% of our brain, which is absolute nonsense. Thanks to modern brain scanning technology, we know that we use the whole thing all the time. Not necessarily all at once. When you're walking, for instance, the parts of the brain associated with movement are more active than other areas. However, there is no part of the brain that simply doesn't do anything. It represents 3% of the body's weight and uses 20% of its energy. That's a busy brain. But we generally use one side more than the other, right? Nope. 
While you may have been convinced that if you're more logical or analytical, you're more left-brained, and if you're more creative or intuitive, you're more right-brained, it's simply not true. While different sides of the brain are indeed used for specific functions, for example, language uses the left hemisphere while the right hemisphere helps to read emotion, studies on thousands of individuals have found no evidence of a left or right dominance in individuals. In other words, you use both sides equally. And you don't actually have five senses like you were always told. In fact, you have a lot more, like no Deception, which is the sense of pain, and proprioception, the sense of how our bodies are positioned. Not to mention the sense of balance, temperature, and passing of time. Please stop, my brain hurts. Uh, given your brain is hurting, we'll stop right now and move on to some of those tales that most of us would have been told as a child, and let's see if these stack up when we apply science. Most myths have a hint of truth or common sense to them. Since they sound like they should be true, few people think to question or verify the accuracy of the myth. Here, however, are 10 common myths that have been debunked. It's a lovely day at the beach. That is, until your friends start splashing and screaming. They've been stung by a jellyfish. You help them out of the water. As they lay on the sand trying not to cry from the pain, you stand over them and pull down your board shorts. Ah, oh, yeah. And nothing I like more than whipping it out and peeing on someone's leg at the beach. Stop right there. We're putting an end to this gross myth once and for all. What the hell? It's one of only a few pleasures I have in this world. Number 10. Peeing on a jellyfish sting stops the stinging. Peeing on a jellyfish sting does not stop the stinging. Actually, urine can worsen symptoms by aggravating the stinging cells the jellyfish left behind on the victim's skin and causing them to release more venom. Rinsing the sting area with vinegar will greatly lessen the pain. Then use tweezers to remove any tentacles. Then the sting area should be soaked in hot water. If there's no vinegar handy, rinsing a jellyfish sting with seawater is better than nothing, but stay away from using urine. Our next myth is scientifically impossible, but you might have heard it from your mom or grandma. Number 9. Don't go outside with wet hair, you'll catch a cold. It's simply not true. Colds are caused by viruses, which are transmitted through exposure to virus-causing germs, which often spread through bodily fluids. Sick people sneezing, coughing, and spitting releases respiratory droplets into the air, and they may end up on surfaces. Touching surfaces that are teeming with virus-causing germs and then touching your mouth or nose transfers those germs into your system. We still don't suggest going out in the cold with wet hair, though. Not only can it be uncomfortable, it's actually bad for your hair. Hair is more fragile when wet, and cold weather can exacerbate hair breakage. Water molecules, which have penetrated the hair shaft, will expand as they freeze, which can cause the hair to stiffen and snap. Freezing water molecules also lift the cuticle and leave the hair exposed to environmental damage. Some of us have tried myth number 8, equally fascinated and horrified at the possibility of it actually working. Number 8. A penny dropped off a skyscraper can kill a person below. Several different groups have done experiments testing this myth, and it's simply not true. Pennies and, in fact, all coins are aerodynamically unstable and tumble as they fall. The flat surface of a coin is conducive to air pushing up on it, which limits acceleration. Pennies fall to the ground at approximately 25 miles per hour. Being hit by a penny dropped from a skyscraper feels like being hit by a casually tossed pebble. An ordinary item actually dangerous to drop off a skyscraper is a metal ballpoint pen with a shirt clip. The clip acts as a fletching on an arrow and keeps the pen pointed down. The aerodynamics of the pen can cause it to accelerate to around 190 miles per hour. When the pen hits, it slams into a small area with a lot of momentum. It could quite possibly punch a hole in a human head. 
Myth number seven only seems true because of the physical discomfort that can occur if you disobey the myth. Number seven, wait at least 30 minutes to go for a swim after eating. Supposedly after eating, the blood diverted to your digestive tract steals the blood needed to keep your arms and legs pumping during swimming, making you more likely to drown. Your body does supply more blood into your digestive system after eating to process a meal. However, it's not enough blood that can prevent your arms and legs from functioning properly. So no, you don't need to wait before going for a swim. However, it's possible to get cramps, especially if you swim when you're very full. Our next myth is semi-true, but not for the reason people think. Number 6. Chameleons change color to camouflage themselves and hide from predators. Most chameleons are born with skin that mimics the colors and details of their native habitat, so they have a tendency to blend in. Chameleons do actually change colors, but generally it's to maintain a comfortable body temperature as they cannot generate their own body heat, so a cold chameleon might become dark to absorb more heat. Too hot, a chameleon might turn pale to better reflect the sun's rays. Chameleons also alter their coloring to communicate with other chameleons. Males might become bright to signal their dominance. To signal ownership of territory or while fighting for a mate, male chameleons may turn dark. Females can let males know that they're ready to mate by altering their color. Some chameleon owners learn to read their pet's mood based on the color of its skin. However, videos or images that show chameleons changing colors as they encounter different surfaces or changing colors to match patterns such as a chessboard are fake. We're not sure how our next myth got started, but fish are a lot smarter than humans think they are. Number 5. Fish, especially goldfish, only have a 3-second memory. Of course goldfish look bored swimming around a tiny bowl, wouldn't you? Studies by scientists suggest that goldfish and other fish have memories that last much longer than 3 seconds. They have memories of around 5 months. During one study, scientists spent a month trying to train young fish in captivity to associate a certain sound with feeding time. Then the fish were released into the wild. Some 5 months later, the scientists played the sound and the now adult fish showed up looking for food, having remembered the sound. Other experiments have been done with training goldfish to complete obstacle courses or associate a certain color with food. A bonus myth about goldfish, goldfish can be kept in bowls. Actually, no fish should be kept in a small bowl without filtration or aeration systems. If you do so, you shorten the life of the fish and the size that they'll grow to. When healthy and having access to good water quality and space, a goldfish never stops growing. That's why in the wild a common goldfish is capable of growing to 10 pounds. We were rather disappointed to find out that our next myth isn't true because an animal that could shoot stingers from its butt would be awesome. Number 5. Porcupines can shoot their quills long distances Sadly, this myth is an exaggeration of a porcupine's powers. The North American porcupine has about 30,000 quills, each one adorned with between 700 and 800 barbs along the 4 millimeters nearest its tip. These barbs help the quills remain embedded in a victim's skin. However, the quills are not shot. A victim must come into contact with the porcupine for the quills to be released. As the quills easily detach and the barbs help it stick in your flesh, it's still not in your best interest to go near a porcupine. We're glad to find out that myth number 4 isn't true. Number 4. Humans swallow 8-10 to 10 spiders a year while sleeping While it's possible to eat a spider while sleeping, especially if you sleep with your mouth open, it's unlikely. Spiders have no interest in humans. When they spin a web and take up residence in your home, it isn't because they're craving human company. In North America, there are around 3 or 4 species of spiders that are most likely to invade your home, and they do so because they found a safe spot that they feel has great potential for catching prey. When spiders go exploring or hunting for food, they're unlikely to crawl into bed with humans. An important part of a spider's sensory data is vibrations. Humans give off plenty of them while they sleep via heartbeat and breathing. 
Spiders are far more interested in avoiding the huge vibrating lump rather than exploring it. If you sleep with your mouth open, you're likely snoring, which gives the spider get another reason to avoid you. Finally, if something crawls on your face, chances are you'll feel it and wake up before it reaches your mouth. Countless crime drama TV shows are responsible for our next myth. It's often used as a dramatic plot device, but it's wrong. Number 3. You must wait at least 24 hours before filing a missing persons report. You don't need to wait 24 hours to file a missing persons report. In fact, there's no time period anyone must wait before filing the report. The sooner you notify the police, the better. Taking action within the first 48 hours is often vital to locating and bringing a missing person home safely. Speaking of police, myth number two is a little far-fetched, but probably rooted in the fact that police are seen as heroic and having to follow a particular moral code since they enforce the law. Number two, in the US, undercover police have to disclose that they're police, if you ask. Utterly false. The point of an undercover cop is to gather data and build a case against an individual or organization for criminal behavior. This process involves a lot of resources, money, labor, surveillance. No way is an undercover officer going to tell you they're a cop if it could jeopardize the operation. In fact, strategic lying is specifically a part of going undercover. Sometimes an undercover law enforcement officer will commit illegal activity to reinforce their cover identity and prove that they're definitely not a cop. An undercover cop participating in illegal activity with you or encouraging you to perform illegal activity is not considered entrapment. Entrapment only occurs when an officer gets someone to commit a crime they had no intention of committing or wouldn't likely normally commit. For example, if an undercover cop convinced a nonviolent criminal who has a record of shoplifting to help with an armed robbery. Otherwise, undercover cops are free to lie about whether they're a cop and just about anything else. Our final myth highlights a dilemma nearly everyone in the world has experienced at some point. Number 1. The 5 Second Rule It's safe to eat food that's been on the floor for 5 seconds or less. Obviously, this myth is dependent on the what and where. If you drop the cheese sauce covered nachos you just purchased on the floor of the convenience store, it's better you let them go. But what if you drop a cookie on your regularly cleaned kitchen floor? Is the 5 second rule true? If you choose to snatch up that cookie and eat it, you're in good company. In a survey of 2,000 people, 79% or 1,400 admitted to eating food that had fallen on the floor. We'd actually call this myth inconclusive. There have been many experiments done to determine how true this myth is. In addition to how moist the surface of the dropped food item is, how dirty the floor is, and the length of time the food is on the floor, the type of floor surprisingly made a big impact as to how dirty the dropped food got. Researchers discovered that carpet has a low transfer rate, while ceramic tile, wood, and stainless steel flooring have a much higher transfer rate. But no matter how quickly you snatch it up, once any food item comes into contact with the surface, it will pick up some type of bacteria. Sure, you can brush off any visible dust, but unfortunately it's not possible to sanitize dropped food. This occurs even when the floor is clean. No matter how clean a floor is, it still has bacteria. Chances are, a floor cookie isn't going to kill you, or even make you sick. But you are playing Russian roulette with eating some gross germs. COOKIE! Damn, if only I'd known about the entrapment myth, I could have stayed out of jail and would have never been introduced to Derek the Bear Hug Smith. I digress. Let's move on to the internet and some myths, rumors, and possibly truths which circulated over the internet and which led to people being internet shamed and for some people ruined their lives. Um. Uh, 
now I'm sure for some who love to post on the internet that they too were looking for something at the end of the rainbow. Perhaps a leprechaun with a pot of gold when all they found was a bunch of internet munchkins who set out to destroy them. Now I'm not saying that some of these people may not have deserved to be called out. However, it seems that once it's out there, hmm, there's no stopping the shame train. All aboard! Hello, I'm Simon Whistler, you're watching Top 10's Net, and in the video today, we're looking at the top 10 internet shamings that ruined people's lives. Number 10, Dog Poop Girl. On June the 5th, 2005, a young woman with a small dog boarded a subway in Seoul, South Korea. At some point during the trip, the dog defecated on the floor of the subway. The owner of the dog made no attempt to clean it up, and when people told her to clean it up, she apparently got belligerent. Someone snapped a picture, and details of the account were posted on a number of popular internet forums. Within hours, personal information about the young woman and her family was being shared online. Anything that might have been true about her was posted, and she became national news. She was recognized in the streets, and people sent her hate mail through her personal website. Out of humiliation, she had to drop out of university. This was one of the first cases of internet shaming. At the time, John Krim with the Washington Post wrote that the response to the incident was a remarkable show of internet force, a peek into an unsettling corner of the future. Number 9. Taylor Chapman On the morning of June 8, 2013, 27-year-old Taylor Chapman walked into a Dunkin' Donuts in Ocala, Florida. Armed with her iPhone, Chapman recorded herself berating two employees who were working there. Chapman said she was there the night before and didn't get her receipt. She said that as part of Dunkin' Donuts' policy, she was entitled to free food due to the oversight. At first, she wants the whole menu before settling on what apparently she ordered the night before. Then, over the course of 8 minutes and 9 seconds, she berates two employees who were unfailingly nice, even though Chapman launched into a vile tirade that involved threats of violence along with sexual and racial slurs. The amazing thing about this story is that Chapman posted the video herself on her Facebook. It quickly became viral and has been viewed almost a million times on YouTube, and there are close to 12,000 comments on it. A lot of the comments are vile in their own right and are directed at Chapman, who has been suffering from mental illness since the age of seven and has been hospitalized twice for it. Due to the video, she lost her job as a PR spokesperson. She also had to change her number because of threatening phone calls and deleted her social media accounts because of the harassment. Number 8. Paul Cristoforo All of us have had bad customer service experiences at some point in our life. Some of us have even taken to the internet to complain about it. However, not many customer service incidents have led to the end of a company via internet shaming. The whole fiasco started when Dave, a gamer with disabilities, ordered and paid for two N-Control Avenger PlayStation 3 controllers in November of 2011. The controller was directed at intense gamers and gamers with disabilities. Dave emailed the company on December 12, 2012, politely asking for an update because the controller was supposed to be released in early December. Ocean Marketing, who was hired on to handle the public relations on the delayed controller, replied with a date and the name of owner-manager of Ocean Marketing, Paul Cristoforo. No apology or explanation for the delay was given. By the end of December, Dave had yet to receive the controller. Throughout December, Dave emailed Cristoforo trying to get updates on his now month-long delayed controller. At some point, the emails from Cristoforo got snarky and condescending. Cristoforo told Dave to put his big boy hat on and be patient. At this point, Dave started including websites like Penny Arcade in the email exchange. Things got more bizarre when Cristoforo started cursing and name-dropping in the emails. That is when Mike Krahulik, a co-founder of the webcomic Penny Arcade, got involved. The whole thing was posted on Penny Arcade, and you can read the email chain in a link we're including below. 
Ocean Marketing's website crashed, and Cristoforo had to close his Twitter accounts because of how much hate he was getting. N-Control had their Amazon reviews tank. This led to N-Control firing Cristoforo, and because of the PR firestorm, he was having problems getting work. Number 7. Adria Richards on March the 17th, 2013, developer evangelist Adria Richards was attending PyCon 2013, which was a computer programming conference. Behind Richards, who writes under the blog ButYou'reAGirl.com, two men were joking about big dongles and forking the repo. After hearing the jokes, Richard turns around and took a picture of the two men. She immediately tweeted the picture and wrote, Not cool, joking about forking repos in a sexual way and big dongles, right behind me at hashtag PyCon. The two men and Richards were pulled aside. The men, who made the joke, quickly apologized. They admitted that the big dongle joke was a sexual reference. A dongle is something that plugs into a computer like a thumb drive, but forking the repo wasn't. It was a form of compliment. They were excited about a presenter's project and said, I would fork that guy's repo. Nevertheless, one of the men, who was never identified and worked at a mobile gaming company called Game Haven, was fired. The other man kept his job. An interesting twist in this case was that Richards, who was doing the shaming, was also fired from her job at SendGrid. While she did have a right to call out the men for their sexism, public shaming was not the proper way to do so. Number 6. Melissa King In 2013, 18-year-old Melissa King was crowned Miss Teen Delaware. The winner of a state teen beauty pageant is an interesting side note for a small circle of people. Definitely not fodder for news networks or anyone outside of Delaware or the beauty pageant circuit. But that all changed when it was revealed that King was involved in a pornographic movie for an amateur pornography website. The story appeared in international syndications like CNN and Fox News, broadcasting that a girl in a pageant that is owned by Donald Trump made an adult movie. King, who was put into foster care when she was 12, grew up fairly poor. When she did pageants, she made money, and with the website, she saw it as another opportunity to use her looks to get ahead financially. In the end, King had to give up her crown, and she was publicly humiliated on an international level. Number 5. Michael Bruch One of the great things about the internet is that it has given the world the greatest amount of free speech and freedom of expression ever known. This brings us to Reddit forum moderator Violent Acres. Reddit is a popular social network, and user content can be voted up or down. The content appears in subcategories known as subreddits, and users can set up their own subreddits. There are currently over 440,000 of these. In 2011, when a subreddit called Jailbait that Violent Acres didn't create but was a moderator for and contributed hundreds of pictures to was featured in Anderson Cooper 360, Anderson Cooper criticized Reddit and Violent Acres of allowing the subreddit that featured underage girls in bikinis or skirts. Reddit ended up closing the subreddit after the segment. After it was shut down, a writer with the website Gawker tracked down Violent Acres in real life. In October 2012, in an expose on Gawker, Violent Acres was outed as a 49-year-old man, Michael Brusht, who worked as a programmer at a Texas financial services company. After Gawker exposed him, Brusht went on Anderson Cooper 360 and it was a disaster. Brusht defended himself, saying that he just used the forum to blow off some steam and he wasn't doing anything illegal. Nevertheless, he was fired from his job. This was especially unfortunate for Brooch's disabled wife, who relied on his benefits. Number 4. Justine Sacco In December 2013, then-30-year-old Justine Sacco was traveling from New York City to South Africa to meet family for the holidays. Along her trip, Sacco, who was the senior director of corporate communications at an American media and internet company called AIC, composed three tweets to her 170 followers. As she was taking off from New York, she tweeted, Weird German dude, you're in first class. It's 2014. Get some deodorant. In a monologue as I inhale B.O. Thank God for pharmaceuticals. Then, when she was on layover in England, her tweet was, Chili, cucumber sandwiches, bad teeth, back in London. 
Finally, her last and most offensive tweet was, Going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, just kidding, I'm white. She then turned off her phone. As Sacco boarded her plane, she wasn't aware that her tweet was going viral. IAC, who owns such websites as OKCupid, Match.com, College Humor, and Vimeo, fired Sacco immediately. Number three, Lindsay Stone. Lindsay Stone and a co-worker, identified only as Jamie, had been working for a company called Life, living independently forever for 18 months, and according to the director of the organization, they were good employees. In October of 2012, they were supervising a trip of a group of adults with learning disabilities to Washington, D.C. One of the stops on their trip was Arlington National Cemetery. At the tomb of the unknown soldier, in front of a sign that said Arlington National Cemetery and Silence and Respect, Jamie took a picture of 30-year-old Stone pretending to yell while she held up her middle finger. Four weeks later, the picture went viral. 30,000 people liked her Facebook page demanding she should be fired, and another 3,000 signed a petition asking for the same thing. There were also death and rape threats. Stone was fired immediately after it went viral. Number 2. Steve Bartman it was Game 6 of the 2003 National League Championship. The Cubs were at home, facing the Florida Marlins in Wrigley Field. Cubs pitcher Mark Pryor, who had only allowed three hits all game, pitched the ball, and it was a hit that was heading down the left field foul line. There, a number of fans, along with Cubs left fielder Moses Allo, tried to catch the ball. If Allo had caught the ball, it would have meant that the Cubs would have been four outs away from playing in the World Series for the first time in 58 years. Sitting in the front row was a 26-year-old man wearing a green turtleneck and headphones over a Cubs hat named Steve Bartman. Bartman reached out to catch the ball, but he was the only one to deflect it, effectively making it a foul ball. Allo was furious because he could have caught the ball. From there, the Cubs completely fell apart and allowed eight runs, losing 8-3. In Wrigley Field, there were no jumbotrons for replays, but the television broadcast showed the replay of Bartman over and over again while the Cubs collapsed on the field. By the time the game ended, Bartman had been identified by people on the internet, and his personal information was posted on MLB message boards. The police needed to guard his house out of fear that someone would harm him or his family. Number 1. Monica Lewinsky When Monica Lewinsky was 21 in 1995, she started a sexual affair with then-President Bill Clinton. In 1996, she was transferred to the Pentagon because of inappropriate and immature behavior and inattention to work. While working at the Pentagon, Lewinsky met a government worker named Linda Tripp. Tripp recorded conversations with Lewinsky, in which she talked about her affair with President Clinton. Tripp took the tapes to Newsweek, who planned to do a piece on it. After the scandal, the Clintons were able to move on, but Lewinsky's name was still a joke. She moved to London and around the United States trying to find a job, but never landed one for a very long time because of her history. She was suicidal, and her mother feared that she might be shamed to death. Then, in March 2015, Lewinsky gave a highly regarded and popular TED Talk in which she said she was patient zero for viral web scandals. Lewinsky also said that public shaming as a blood sport has to stop. Let's face it, no matter where you are, you are almost guaranteed that someone somewhere is taking a video of you and likely to name you or shame you on the internet. If that's not scary enough, maybe the next piece from the internet will. So many myths on the internet which raise all kinds of theories to explain phenomenon specific to the internet. Even with an entire community of online amateur detectives on the case, some answers continue to elude us. And today, we're counting down our picks for the top 10 unsolved internet mysteries. For this list, we're looking at some of the most popular, odd, and puzzlingly pervasive mysteries to ever surface on the internet or be intimately linked with it. Number 10. The Jack Freese Emails 
We've all heard spooky tales of spirits communicating from the other side, but such messages are usually conveyed via a psychic, a Ouija board, or other transcendental medium. What a crock of shit. It would seem, however, that Jack Freese, who died suddenly of a heart arrhythmia at the age of 32 in 2011, believed in taking a more modern and direct approach to contact those he left behind. Email. Roughly six months after his passing, friends began receiving messages from his personal email. We know what you're thinking. The average email isn't tough to hack. The thing is, the email made reference to private, in-person conversations. It said, I'm watching. Did you hear me? I'm at your house. Clean your f***ing attic. Theories have been thrown around, but no definitive explanation was ever found. Number 9. Valor por Tamaulipas, also known as Courage for Tamaulipas. It's a well-known fact that going up against the Mexican cartels usually only ends one way, with the meddler's demise. In the state of Tamaulipas, Mexico, however, some brave soul decided to take that ultimate risk. He started a Facebook page to document and share information about cartel activity to keep the citizens informed and safe. By embracing the world of social media, this mystery admin was able to get the word out without losing their head, a feat many journalists have tried and failed using traditional media. Though a massive bounty was put on the operator's life, their identity remains a secret, even after their retirement in 2014. Number 8. Bitcoin By now, you're likely familiar with Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency that's captured the attention of the mainstream media. It's been embraced by the technologically savvy, the financially progressive, and the criminal underworld alike. Bitcoin is, is better than currency in that uh, you don't have to ha be physically in the same place. And yet its origin story is still largely unknown. Sure, the Bitcoin system is credited to one Satoshi Nakamoto, but that's just a pseudonym for someone whose true identity remains concealed. In fact, some believe that Satoshi is not one visionary programmer, but rather a clandestine group of programmers. With the current value of Bitcoins, however, whoever Nakamoto is, they're in possession of the equivalent of roughly 2.7 billion US dollars in Bitcoins as of mid-2017. Number 7. Oct282011.com So many questions, literally no answers. This strange URL and its even stranger content captured the imagination of internet sleuths and conspiracy theorists when it launched in 2011. The date of October 28, 2011 does coincide with what many believe to be a significant landmark on the Mayan calendar. But that date seemed to have little bearing on the content of the website itself. The landing page consisted of a few cryptic lines and a phone number that led to weird and disturbing messages. Its confusing broken site structure changed regularly and hid a variety of images, instructions, and codes. Today, Oct282011.com continues to captivate online communities even after going down in 2015. Number 6. 973-EHT-NAMUH-973 Welcome to the world's most dense, confusing, and labyrinthine website. All right, maybe we can't say that definitively because, you know, there are well over a billion websites out there. Still, this one certainly makes a strong and mysterious bid for the title. Simply attempting to navigate the website is a feat unto itself, as there are what appear to be thousands of pages of dense content available. But parsing meaning from this overwhelming melange of verse, paintings, and numerology could very well drive a curious mind insane. By the looks of the site, the creator may have lost it already. Number 5. Internet Black Holes Some areas of space are so dense that neither matter nor light can escape. What goes in 
does not come back out. These fascinating celestial powers have inspired many a science fiction story, but they've also lent their title to an earthly mystery, Internet Black Holes. Have you ever sent an email that didn't make it to the recipient, but didn't fail to send or trigger some sort of error response? Rather, it just sort of disappeared. Erased from existence. Well, it may have been caught in an internet black hole, a phenomenon that has researchers stumped. Essentially, information has a habit of getting lost en route, with no conceivable explanation as to where it went. Did you get my emails? Mm -mm. Did you see that I paged you? I, I did not. Number four, John Titer's posts. Everyone loves a hero, but that goes double for a time-traveling one. Where we're going, we don't need roads. In 2000, an individual began posting in online forums about time travel and describing in relative detail his functional time machine. At first, I pushed the lever forward ever so slightly. Later identifying himself as John Titer, he offered the world warnings from the future, his future, the year 2036. Though many of his predictions have failed to come true, he did stipulate that his future was a parallel one, and therefore not guaranteed for us. Some claim to have found the pranksters responsible, Larry and John Haber. However, there are many online who still have faith in Titer as the real deal. The truth, we may never know. Are you saying it's from the future? One possible future. From your point of view, I don't know tech stuff. Number 3. Markovian Parallax Denigrate Usenet, an early precursor to the internet, debuted in 1980 as the first network system that allowed computers to communicate with one another. It popularized such terms as FAQ, flame, and most importantly for our case, spam. The Markovian Parallax Denigrate is the name given to a massive bit of spam that hit Usenet accounts in 1996, a seemingly random string of words that people are still trying to interpret decades later. What does it all mean? It became associated with Susan Lindauer, an anti-war activist who many believe was forwarding coded messages. Is this strange assemblage of words encrypted government information or just an early example of nonsensical spam? You tell us. In the computer. It's so simple. Number 2. Cicada 3301 Everyone loves a good mystery. It's why we as a culture read books like The Da Vinci Code and watch shows like Sherlock. The name Sherlock Holmes and the address is 221B Baker Street. Cicada 3301, however, is a mystery that, despite bearing all the markings of a work of fiction, is very much grounded in reality. No one knows what they are or what their purpose is, but this secret group posts some of the most challenging puzzles imaginable online, and then begins to vet those very few who succeed. To what end? Well, at that point, anyone who makes the cut stops talking to the press, so we don't know. Some think they're hackers, others call it a CIA recruiting tool. Number 1. A858 Since Reddit is THE community-based online problem-solving hub, it's only fitting that it's home to the greatest of all unsolved internet mysteries. A858 is actually short for A858DE4. 5F5-6D9-BC9, the name of a user and subreddit responsible for posting complex ciphers. Since 2011, new lines of code were updated daily until 2016. And though some have been broken, when taken as individual pieces of information, they didn't amount to much. A858 once even held an extensive AMA, but it resulted in more questions than answers. Whatever the project was, it's now over, but the purpose of it all is still far from being uncovered. 
Talk about a mystery for the internet age. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? The mind boggles with no end of theories and those who believe that these mysteries are true and not simply concocted for the pleasure of a few. I want to pose this question, is the internet only for sheep? In this next internet grab, we find some of the strangest videos and reasons for which people spend time watching these inane videos. I mean thousands of views. Get ready for weirdness as we take a look at some strange unexplained internet videos. Blankroomsoup.avi First uploaded in 2008, BlankRoomSuit.avi quickly became a creepy sensation. The footage shows a man with his eyes censored eating from a bowl of soup with an oversized spoon while a large, almost featureless mascot slowly approaches him. The man then begins sobbing when a second identical mascot appears, but he never stops eating the soup. Internet snoopers digging around on the topic were able to link the mascots to a character duo called Ray Ray, created by Raymond Percy. Bizarrely, Percy is, of all things, an artist and voice actor for Walt Disney. It turned out he'd performed the characters doing funny skits and sketches live in Los Angeles for several years, until one night when his distinctive costumes were allegedly stolen after a show. A few weeks after the theft, Percy received an email with the Blank Room Soup video attached. Baffled, he put it on YouTube to share with his friends where it has remained as one of the internet's biggest enigmas. It's unknown what happened to the man in the video or whether it was all just an elaborate hoax designed by Percy himself, but one thing's for sure, I wouldn't want to be locked in a room with Ray Ray, especially with Super Round. Pets Cop in 2017, a channel called Petscop appeared on YouTube and began uploading Let's Play videos of a mysterious video game. The narrator Paul takes the viewer through what appears in graphics and gameplay to be a low-budget 90s PlayStation game. It even has an attributed production company called Garolina. But despite the on-screen legitimacy, there's no evidence of a production company called Garolina having ever existed. So the reason no one has heard of this game is because it never existed. As Paul progresses in Petscop, the original bright and bubbly atmosphere becomes dark and sinister. Each layer Paul descends into the game, solving puzzles and riddles, he becomes increasingly aware that the game somehow specifically links to him and his family. There's also in-game referencing to the death of Candace Newmaker, a 10-year-old killed in 2000 who was a victim of the now illegal practice of rebirthing. In 2019, a Twitter account with the handle Pressed Eyes claimed they made the series and edited the video description specifically to prove so. Even though the creator was tracked down, he has never alluded as to why he made the extensive and clearly laborious series. He simply claims it was fun for him, and that's all. If anything, this admission just makes it stranger. Unfavorable Semicircle Unfavorable Semicircle was the name of a YouTube channel that went live in 2015. The seizure-inducing content of the videos is what drove it into the limelight. The videos generally contain distorted voices and noises along with flashing, abstract images. 
Some would last only a few seconds, where others would go on for almost 11 hours. They were titled with the astrological symbol for Sagittarius along with random digits. From 2015 to 2017, Unfavorable Semicircle had uploaded tens of thousands of these videos. But in 2017, the account was deactivated and reactivated, removing the entire video library without reason. Five years on, fans of the mystery the account posed are still trying to decrypt the riddles of the videos. Is it art? Is it a joke? With any luck, we'll never be subject to an equally nonsensical explanation. Max Headroom On a November evening in 1987, during an episode of Doctor Who, television sets around Chicago, Illinois were suddenly hijacked by a mysterious figure wearing a mask. The mask itself was of Max Headroom, a fictional AI character from a British cyberpunk TV movie, but this intruder was a far cry from the Max people knew. The signal intrusion lasted for less than two minutes, during which Max spoke mainly gibberish through a voice-altering device and then dropped his pants before being spanked by what looks like a lady with a fly swatter. A lot of very weird thoughts seems to have gone into this performance, but whether it was live or recorded, we may never know. To this day, the culprits haven't been caught and Doctor Who will never be the same again. I feel fantastic. Cast your minds back to 2009, the year Bitcoin was first established, the year Michael Jackson died, and the year you first saw I Feel Fantastic. It's a grainy home video of a female android singing and moving to an eerie digital tune. A middle break in the video wipes over some garden foliage for no reason, then the video ends the way it began. It was originally posted by Creepy Blog and remains the only video on their channel but at no point do they take credit for it. And it gets even weirder. The description of the video contains a contemplation of the Greek myth of Pygmalion, a sculptor who decided to create the perfect woman. After nine years of this taunting internet mystery, a YouTube user called Yitz did some digging and sourced the full and increasingly bizarre video. Supposedly, it was all made by a guy called John Bergeron, who has something to do with this 90s-style nightmare of a website. The android named Tara was apparently made in an attempt to get into the android industry, although that doesn't explain the video's description or the reasoning behind the song and shots of trees. Whatever the real explanation may be, I feel pretty far from fantastic. SNCH Back in 2015, a channel labeled simply SNCH popped up on YouTube and dumped a disturbing playlist of 10-second videos without any descriptions. They showed three young adult males hanging out, appearing to have a good time, but it quickly descends into a paranormal joke. My camera's like, what the dude? Holy Each clip shows a step in an odd story where they investigate a room in a house they seem to know, which contains a baby monitor they don't recognize. The monitor reacts to only one of their trio. What the f dude? I don't, I don't, dude, I have no idea. And they jokingly try to interact with it. Charlie, Charlie, are you there? Charlie! But the final video in the playlist sees the camera owner manages to accidentally capture footage of an ominous moving figure outside their window. No, it's completely black. A year later, another playlist of what seems to be the same three guys was uploaded in the same format, having a nice day playing video games and playing with their dogs. After a seemingly normal day, suddenly a loud noise disturbs all the boys as the outside door is ripped off its hinges and all their power goes out. Holy 
They begin to panic and talk about phoning the police, but the video then cuts off. All the videos are titled with a sequence of numbers and letters which Reddit user George the Hamster has attempted to decipher. Some of the titles of the second playlist apparently read, Where is your daughter? There are theories that this is a hacked or stolen footage or maybe a staged performance, but at this point, the three amigos are complete unknowns. Press F to pay respects. Dying NASA Scientists Sometimes a cosmic joke can turn into a cosmic nightmare. As YouTube channel NASA Jim 108 shows you in the video, Dying NASA Scientist shows how to neutralize an alien. Far from relating to anything in the title, the 45 second clip shows a man in a goat mask alongside a woman strapped into a lawn chair. Goatman flips open a large fan which has some symbols, names, and numbers scribbled onto it, followed by a shot of the woman struggling to escape and ending with a location and Bible references. No aliens that I could see, or logic for that matter. The location at the end refers to Lakshadweep, just off the coast of India, translated as 1,000 tiny islands in Sanskrit. And the Bible passages read as, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh, as well as, and he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. The channel itself hosts multiple weird eclectic videos working along similar themes of aliens, NASA, and death. There are theories floating around on the internet that the weird arty joke channel was created by comedian Duncan Trussell, whose voice sounds like those used in many of the other videos. As I know, has never been uh, seen. Ends of death row. I mean, if you can be not bit. If this is his idea of comedy, I'd recommend he stick to his day job. The Eric Harris Girl. You've all heard about the weirdos who send fan mail to famous criminals in jail. Well, as it turns out, they're just the tip of the iceberg. This lady is referred to on the internet simply as the Eric Harris Girl. She's posted numerous videos professing her love of the Columbine High School shooter Eric Harris, complete with a collection of custom printed mugs and pillows. The most disturbing of the videos shows her chanting, Eric Harris rocks my world to the camera over and over with no context or description of who she is. Naturally, Reddit latched onto the videos and tried to get to the bottom of who she was, and one user appears to have been successful. Sycamore managed to find the social media accounts of a lady named Lynn Ann Guasidi, and it seems the videos weren't even the creepiest symptom of this woman's obsession. Guasidi appears to be completely dedicated to Harris, going as far as to Photoshop images of herself into ones with him, and supposedly faking a marriage certificate between the two of them. The bizarre love appears to be very real despite her never having met or spoken to Harris prior to his death. Love knows no bounds, I guess, and neither does mental illness. Sittingandsmiling.com Finally, the world has entered an age where telling people to smile more is recognized for the weird anti-compliment it's designed to be. But no one seems to have told this guy. Say hello to Benjamin Bennett owner of sittingandsmiling.com. In 2014, Bennett livestreamed himself sitting in a corner of his house and smiling nonstop for four straight hours. No explanation was given and the internet became fascinated by this bizarre behavior. A few days later, he posted another video doing exactly the same thing. Every other day, Bennett would film himself just sitting for four hours and smiling unnervingly into the camera. 300 videos later, you heard that right, 300, and he's still going. By the power of maths, I figure he spent more than 1,200 hours doing this. 
That's 50 days. He must have cheeks of steel. It might be a form of endurance art, but that doesn't explain why he chose this method to express himself. He's turned down plenty of interviews and doesn't seem to have ever openly addressed it. Jesus, imagine if he ever meets a girl and she asks him what he does in his free time. Just get an Xbox, man. My sister. Now this might be one of the strangest and creepiest videos ever to grace the internet. Titled simply as My Sister, the video shows a woman walking up and down a hall trying on different outfits and staring unblinkingly into a camera before removing a well-fitted mask to reveal her real face underneath. She then proceeds to eat a variety of different food items and then peels the bottom of her face off to reveal that too is a mask. Now this is a video that had internet sleuths stumped for over 10 years. It was a notorious YouTube post on a channel called Raider Dog back in 2011, but hidden in the scores of gaming content, it seemed unlikely this channel was the video's original host. It took over five years for anyone to make any kind of headway into its origins when a certain YouTube channel was discovered and the whole thing got even stranger. The poster appears to be a YouTube user called ZJCFHGF, an amateur mask maker who has posted multiple videos of themselves wearing and modeling different silicone masks. Their content dates back over 10 years, the masks are all exclusively female, and most appear to have a Japanese origin. ZJCHGF never reveal their name or their face, for what I'm going to call obvious reasons, but their Twitter link shows they're still very much active and continue to anonymously make nightmare fuel to this day. That's all right. I never wanted to sleep again anyway. As I do at the end of all my podcasts, I withdraw my middle finger and dial down the sarcasm and let me increase the level of sincerity. In this episode, we covered several topics. However, the general theme here is that the internet and more specifically what people post on it can affect individuals' lives in a negative way. What may have been seen as a benign activity can change quickly and dramatically, whether being videoed and shamed for an action or inaction, or whether it relates to spending countless hours watching a screen with a dot on it. At the end of the day, you as an individual need to ask yourself, is it worth it and why am I doing it? Hey listeners, uh, only after a couple of weeks we have already reached over 1500 downloads and a growing number of subscribers, so thank you for your support. We would love it if you could spread the word on the View From My Middle Finger podcast to your friends and strangers. I'm your host, Digger. And this has been The View From My Middle Finger. You can listen to my podcast episodes on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and wherever good podcasts are found. You can also check out our website. Just search for tvfmmf.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com tvfmmfinger. And remember, if you don't like The View From My Middle Finger, too bad, try your own.